Welcome to our first special of February. Today, we are reading Bleed for Cupid by Aidan Pierce. Roses are red, violets are blue. Hide your heart, little bird. Cupid's arrow's coming for you. Callum is more than the CEO of Cupid Inc., the company that manufactures love potions and sells them to mateless supernaturals who want to take fate into their own hands. He's an angel, literally. But even the devil came from heaven, so it's just my luck that he also happens to be my boss. Until he discovers that I'm a mole for the organization protesting his company, suddenly I find myself as the test bunny for his most potent product yet, Cupid's Arrow. And my mate-to-be, Callum himself. Call it vengeance, call it an insane marketing stunt, call it fate. Whatever it is, there's no escaping Cupid Inc.'s dark angel and his terrifying brand of love. A word of warning. Bleed for Cupid is a dark monster romance novella containing graphic scenes that may be triggering for some. Trigger content warnings, graphic sex, gore, violence, breath play, blood play, bondage, dubious consent, drink spiking, discussions of parental death, and murder. Also note that this is a 21,000 word novella. If you're looking for something plot heavy, this may not be the book for you. Welcome to February. Welcome to fucking February. I don't know. Are we calling it that? I have decided that this is now fucking February and it can either be like actual fucking or just like (laughs) fucking Fucking February. February. Yeah. (laughs) Well, regardless, welcome to February. How far into into the woods? Into the book are you? Not this book, the other book. I read with the the better cow. With the better of Uh, the two cows. Actually, I have three cows, which are you referring to? Because I think you were confused. I meant both my arcs this weekend were Callum. And that's why I was like, too? that's why I was, sa- that's why I was oh, saying. I didn't realize. Uh, that's why. Didn't know that. But I didn't realize it either until I was in the shower this morning because one is a K and one is a C. Okay. Yeah. So the one with the C. How far are you in this? I think I'm book? only on chapter seven or eight. Okay. I just finished the part, I think, where they had like a PR meeting or something. And she was kind of waffling and like, fuck my lifing. And this badass bitch, I think it's the one from the other book. Jen? No, Maya oh, or something. Yeah, and one. she plastered up a fucking awful picture of her ex-husband and was like, "Yes, you're going from that to this. Yep. Suck it up and put your big girl panties on and enjoy the ride kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Because you so. haven't gotten to when they go to dinner, have you? No, I'm about to. That's where I'm. Okay. I'll sit with Cal in the dark corner literally anytime. She's like, I feel so much pressure because Crystal's waited so long for Cal. And I said, you literally could just write Cal said good girl on one line and have the rest of the book be blank. And Crystal would be like five fucking stars. You understand that's in my arc review, right? I put that in my arc review. <laughs> that exact phrase. Like that, I'm that, pretty sure uh, I did. Yeah. Cal say. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I wrote. Fantastic. which was really fucking funny but anyway <laughs> someone was asking about max and the girl goes oh now i remember i wasn't a huge fail of unveil so i don't remember a lot of it and i was like clutching my pearls i was like bitch it wasn't my favorite of the series i know I- I- no, it was good i'm not saying it was bad i'm just saying out of all of them it just was on the lower of my ladder yeah which there has to be a book that's on I the bottom i know i know if you had to rank them, which one would be your lowest? Yeah, see? I don't even know. They're all. The I want an ladder. answer. I want to force you to make one of those list thingies that they do on TikTok all the time, where you're forced to pull out things out of a hat or whatever, except I'm not making you pulling out of a hat. I'm just, I'm making you hierarchy them. Untether is on top. He, book boyfriend of the month. I don't even know. He's the rest of my year. That's it. Cal is top dog. Got it. Yeah. Okay, who's number two? Number two is going to be Zach and Maddie. And I really think that three and four is going to be literally tied. You have to pick. I don't want to. You have to pick. You know what? I don't know. I have to think about it. 
It's like making me pick my favorite child. I only have one. I don't wanna. I honestly want to say it's going to go unveil then unfurls on the bottom. And I don't know why. I like them all. I don't want to pick. Except for the pre-scene and unfurl was so good. I don't know. I can't choose. I hate this. Literally. Mine. I haven't finished Antonio yet because I suck at life and got all the arcs all at once. But uh, mine would go Zach and Maddie and then Belle and Rafe. And then it would go Jen and Anton. I don't want to pick. I don't want to rank them at all. Because they all have stuff that I really... I'm not saying I didn't enjoy them I know. All, but I can rank it's Literally, this. I can't. It's so difficult for me to do. Well, we know this book that we read for today is and not And if you're Crystal, going you did read it today. <laughs> Why? Because it, it was 90... Stupid Cupid, stop picking on me. Listen, I read this book. It is a 90-page novella. And guess what, guys? Welcome to our new year where I will be recapping all of the novellas for the future for now until I cry into a puddle and then stop (laughs) and not in some of the puddles that we see in this book all right well for this first special of February let's get into this we read bleed for cupid by Aiden Pierce yes we did and it is a 90 page novella and it is a dark dark monster romance and it is a holiday dark monster romance because you know what it's february and we decided why not throw some valentine's day books even though neither one of us likes valentine's day this is our valentine's day presents to ourselves fun but yes cupid's great and cupid is a motherfucker so yeah so this book opens up with a wild first line which is do i have to force it down her throat now you may be thinking is this starting off with sex? No, it's not. Temper your expectations. Damn it. I know, right? It's such a wild time. It's literally this dude is just asking. It's talking about the love potion. And Callum is fucking irritated about this. Now, he is the CEO of Cupid Inc. L is gonna... for the way you look <laughs> at me. Oh my god. Oh, only one. She only does this when I do this because nothing else is keeping her brain occupied. So Sorry. it's the love potions. And basically all he can think is like all of your fucking questions can be answered by reading the fucking bottle. Which fair fucking point. Don't ask questions. Don't be like me and ask a question where it's very obvious that it is posted somewhere and you just forget. Seriously, like try to figure out the situation for yourself and your resources before you need my help. Normally, Callum is more like, I don't fucking give a fuck about these people. And he's usually kind of rude. But the dude who's asking these questions is like kind of important. And his name is Riggs. And guess what? He's a line shifter. Do we see him again? No. He's just, (laughs) we just know he's important. So... It is said that Callum's company's reputation is basically in the shitter. They used to sell exclusively to supernatural beings, but they've kind of started developing love potions for humans. And when that got out into the world, all fucking hell broke loose. Because he's going to be the one to mass produce it, it makes him a shitbag. It makes him a menace and a monster, essentially. And so people are just, you know shitheads and Riggs wants this because he wants to make a girl who used to work for him basically crave him and force her to be his mate and then he says to Callum yeah but the the problem is this isn't working like it's not working on her and Callum's like yeah but is she a human and he goes yeah and he goes no fucking shit you idiot it doesn't work on humans because the potion that they're developing has not been released yet and he's just being a shitbag. I hate this guy. Like, Riggs is kind of a douche nugget. And I get it, like, forcing people to be your mate. It's probably not okay. But he loves her. Sure. I'm sure that he would love to just fuck her. And that's about it. Like, yeah. 
And but he loves her. He does. Riggs sucks. So <laughs> Riggs is, you know, it's interesting because the last time we met, you were pouring funding into like making this work on humans. And he goes, listen, the Cupid's arrow formula was in the trial stages. It needs humans for testing. But I called off all of the trial studies, at least until the PR nightmare cools down, which is it has gotten out that they're testing this thing on humans. So they're no longer just doing it on supernatural beings. So it's a big deal. And Riggs isn't really thrilled about this. He's kind of like, but don't you have like that pretty little piece of ass out there? His secretary, by the way, to test it on. Callum's not cool with that. First of all, don't say that because he thinks this lady is super smoking. So Riggs kind of is like, you know, you should really resume testing this because I'm not the only one with like a personal stake for it actually succeeding. He's like, it's clear that you have a thing for your secretary. Yeah, yeah. And Callum's like, I hated him for putting that idea in my head. He was right. He's He's like, he was like, he was right. Yeah. I wanted my secretary and had since the first day she'd started working for me. But I had no intention of claiming her for my mate. Yeah. And then he just talks about that, you know, these love potions are evil because they force attraction for people who aren't interested in a particular partner. And it alters their brain chemistry to have the equivalent desire of a faded mate. So, you know, but what he didn't say was that the Cupid's error was already formulated. It just was almost good to go. He's just not releasing it to the market because he thinks that humans are soft, delicate creatures and that they weren't meant to be with supernaturals. And then Riggs leaves his office and then he gets a little knock on the door and it's his secretary, Robin. Robin has worked for Callum for the last three years. He has been pretty infatuated with her basically since the moment she stepped into this building. And he doesn't want her to see his true form because it might scare her. You know, I guess like any dude would feel the thought of her hating me, of her seeing my true form for the first time and cringing. It made my black little heart ache. And I was like, oh, poor little man feelings. (laughs) Yeah. So he calls her little bird all the time. And the history of that is that his father had an enclosure installed when he first bought the building and he kept his doves in it. And the second week that she was working there, she just opened the cage and let them all out. And so he's called her that ever since. Was because he wasn't taking care of them. What a weird nickname to give her. But okay, whatever you say, Callum. Cool story. Well, she let out all his pets, so now she's his pet. Yeah, I guess so. During his conversation with Riggs, Riggs had gotten him so angry that he, like, murder-faced a glass in his hand. So he's currently also bleeding. Faced. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And when she comes in... She's like, oh, my God, you're hurt. Like, you're dripping blood all over the shoes. Like, let me help you. And he goes, I can clean up my own messes. And she goes, I don't mind, sir. This little bitch is a little minx. She's a little minx. And she just fucking climbs on his lap to start cleaning his hand. And he can smell her, which means she's definitely not wearing underwear at all. I just found this part so funny because she grabbed the bottle of whiskey, sat down in his lap, and he's just like, like Robin, what are you? And she's like, shh. And he's like, don't shush me. Don't ever shush me in his demonic voice. No. And she's just like, I'm sorry. In like such like a sweet little voice. It's just like, it's just so funny. And all he can think about is, like, how much he fucking wants her. But he's like, I'm not a gentle lover. Like, he's half incubus. So he's like, you know. And his mom had died from his dad. So, you know, he's traumatized. He killed her, ladies and gentlemen. He killed her. (laughs) The father. (laughs) The father killed her. And then he says, if it's that's not even enough. Because he's got fucking childhood trauma from his dad murdering his mother. Probably in a fit of passion, but who the fuck knows? And it was explained, but that's okay. I'm saying as of right now, who knows? So but we do. He... <laughs> Sorry. 
it's fine. Sorry. It's fine. You're not sorry. <laughs> not um, really. <laughs> a little bit. If you were sorry, there's this little button like right in the front of your microphone that mutes you. So not only is he concerned about his childhood trauma kind of fucking him up, but he's also huge. And so is in his dick. So he's just like, this isn't going to work. And she's just like, you don't scare me. And he's like, you're lying. And she goes, fine. Maybe you do a little. Like, just a little bit. Honestly, sass. She's like, but that's always because you're telling me you're dangerous. That you're not like the angels in human stories, but I don't care. I want to touch you. Please, sir. And then he's like, if you're not scared, then kiss me. And she goes, where would you like your kiss? Guess what? She blows him. That's where he wants the kiss is on his dick. But she don't just worry. sinks to her knees in front of him and unzips him just yeah. like that. I was like, that escalated quickly with not even much for like conversation going on. Just no. here we go. So Alum is correct, though. She's scared shitless. She's just not going to admit that shit out loud. And Robin, she likes being scared shitless. She does. So Robin, we learn, has joined this company originally to just take this motherfucker down because they do shitty things. She just says, I wanted to bring the company crashing down to its foundation. And at one point, I had wanted to take its owner down along with it. But then the original owner died, his dad. And then Callum took over and she's just like, fuck and then she stumbled across the cupid's arrow project and like even more shit so then she reached out to an anti-supernatural group they suck more on that later so initially she was like super curious about callum but then she was like i kind of want to fuck this dude like this is some good chemistry going on and then it got super complicated with her when she figured out like how really depraved Callum really is because angels are technically supposed to be good. Callum's not, <laughs> not even a little bit. So as she's blowing him, he's like, you don't have to do this. And she goes, but I want to. And then he's like enjoying it. It's great. And then he just goes, Robin rips her off his cock and says, get out. <laughs> Kicks her out of the fucking office mid blowjob. And she's like confused because I would be confused, too, if someone ripped my head off their dick and said, get the fuck out. Yeah, but only for like half a second because she realizes what's going on. And she's like, just let me stay. And he goes, get out. Like, he yells at her. He's like, get the fuck. He doesn't know that she knows. It's fine. She knows what's about to happen. And all of a sudden, she's just outside the door. And she's just like, fuck. And then she hears noises going on in this office. She could hear him transforming. So... After he transforms, she hears him making some little grunty noises going on in there. What is he doing? He is masturbating. And you know what? This gets her really turned on. And she also decides to masturbate against the door while listening. She was pretty turned on from the whole. She's turned on from everything. Thing like, before. Yeah. All of it. Every single bit of what is happening right now. She continuation. Is a, so she can't wait obviously to get out of the you know her workplace she's gonna masturbate in the hallway because why not she hears callum say her name as he comes and then she comes because she hears that so there's a lot of coming going on right now and as she's just you know bringing down she gets a phone call answers it because you know she's the secretary of this office probably should be at her desk probably not masturbating but whatever and she answers it and she goes, you know, Callum Reaver's office. Someone just goes, Robin. And she knows she's kind of fucked because it is the voice of his security team. And they say, I have a lead on the mole. Guess what, guys? I hate the fact that the blurb gave away about this mole situation. But whatever. Surprise, there's a mole in the company. Oh, my God. Callum, on the other hand, is fucking self-loathing his shit while she's out there doing her thing. He's having a moment, fucking himself, super pissed. He hates everything going on. And he ends up quite literally <laughs> fucking himself. <laughs> he literally fucks himself three times because uh, apparently once is not enough. And he goes, I just won't stop. <laughs> like It's a lot. So <laughs> it won't stop coming. It won't, it won't stop. stop coming. 
So then he hears just a little knock on his door and it's Robin. And she says, hey, you know, you got a phone call. It's from your security. She's like crying. And he goes, I'm sorry. Did I upset you? Because he thinks that he like upset her with something. And she's like, no. He just went full Beauty and the Beast on her with like the Beast. Go ahead and storm. And but he was all like pushing her out the door. Get out. So wild. And she's like, no, it's the call. The call is what's making me, you know, cry. It's true. They have a member of the human rights organization down in the holding room. And he's just like in his head. He's like, sure, human rights organization. Okay. They're anti-supernatural hate mongers. And he's just like, what does this have to do with you? And she goes, you're going to hurt them, aren't you? And he goes, these people really don't deserve your sympathy. So he ties the human rights activist person to a chair and then proceeds to beat the shit out of him because he wants information because he wants to know who the mole is. And he knows this guy has definitely got to know who this is. He's like, I don't know who it is. And he goes, you're fucking lying. I want to know. Can you tell me who is the mole that is inside my company? <laughs> who is inside Cupid's Inc? <laughs> Basically just torturing the guy because like he wants the information and the guy's like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not telling you nothing. And he goes, you, sir, are going to tell me fucking everything. And I'm going to take your fucking heart. And then your confidant's heart is going to be the second edition. And then the guy goes, yeah, is that before or after you fuck her and he's like hold up record scratch hold up wait a minute put a little heart in it (laughs) so he's gonna take his heart because his father has a trophy wall of hearts of his enemies yes his father is a piece of shit and he goes so record scratch and he goes i'm what and he goes are you so hard up for your secretary that you're blind fucking rich for having so many eyes because him in his full ass form he's got all these eyeballs no one can see this all he's got all these eyeballs on his wings crystal's waving her arms to the side of her to display tons of eyes with jazz to her right and her left with jazz fingers amongst her wings that she does not have (laughs) eyes or wings i have eyes not on your wings. No, but I do have eyes. Not hundreds of them. <laughs> no, he's got hundreds of them. And he goes, are you saying that Robin is the mole? And the dude's like, how are you so fucking stupid? She's like, human, what the hell? You don't think she's actually interested in your monster cock, do you? Yes. And he's like, yes. in his brain, he goes, she's been passing information to you. He's still like, it's taken him a hot minute, okay? It's like me before coffee. So then it just, the realization fucking hits his body. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, I thought that I felt a connection to her for like the last three years. And I thought she felt it too. He is starting to get really pissed off because now he's feeling so fucking betrayed. Who's got the upper hand now, motherfucker? (laughs) Yeah. And he goes, the guy. Hey, bitch tears out his heart because the guy's kind of like egging him on which if you're tied to a chair getting the shit beat out of you why would you egg this person I mean, on who's literally honestly, threatened to pull your heart out it is probably a good strategy because he was sitting there toying with him and extending and prolonging his agony i guess and now toying with him he didn't now get a quick death yeah no so that yes as ariel said he just rips in and fucking rips his goddamn heart out of this man's (laughs) body is that the sound effect for a heart honestly it just says sickening plop so i didn't know i I don't think that's what a sickening plop sounds like (laughs) loop so he's pissed and decides to say you know was anybody else just fire her because that's the rational thing to do by the way is to fire them all nah he deserved a very slow painful punishment and he just says I would invade her every cell. I'd make her want me. I'd make her hate to want me. And I was going to do that by doing what I'd been too kind to do before. I was going to make her make her mine mine forever. Which, please. So then he asks to get a bottle of Cupid's arrow and delivered by security. And they're like, it hasn't been properly tested unless you found a test bunny. He goes, not a bunny, a little bird. (laughs) And Robin, on the other hand fucking sitting here panicking and she's like 
I couldn't bring myself to run. Bitch, my ass would be out that fucking door. Hell to the no. I understand why she didn't run. She really wants his dick. Like, let's be honest. That's why she didn't go anywhere. And she knows that he's powerful enough that he has the resources to find her if she runs. So it's kind of pointless. Yeah. So Hallam just kind of comes out and he's like dripping in blood. Because, you know, he just ripped a heart out of somebody's. Like you do. And he's like. And he's still carrying that motherfucking heart. Oh, I know. Because he goes, Robin, do you want to join me for a drink? And he just like sees that she notices something in his hand. And he just like tosses it onto her desk. Like, and and he's like, it's this isn't the first time you've seen me like this. He's toying with her. And she's just like panicking because she goes, ah, fuck. He definitely knows because she was like kind of torn if he like really knew that she was the mole but he hadn't mentioned anything please so they go into his office and she just like sees all of these hearts and jars like that song you know that song jar of hearts jar of hearts (laughs) this isn't like that at all that's a love song no, it's not. It's a breakup song. It's not a happy song. Still no relevance to the story. Just <laughs> thought of that, though, when I saw Charles. This is an ADHD nightmare. So after she sees us, she's like, so what is it? And he's like, oh, it's the hearts of Cupid's enemies. And he's saying this shit like dead fucking serious. She goes, oh, that would really explain the heart you brought back for your collection. <laughs> and he's like, that was a gift. And... Somehow this makes her thighs clench, so I don't understand. She's fucked up a little bit, but it's okay. She kind of was like, you know, your dad really enjoyed that, you know, Cupid gimmick thing. And he goes, yeah, he really did. And then she's like, why did he start the company? And goes, well, he was fired from using angel magic as it was intended, so he was kicked out of heaven. (laughs) And she's like, why was he fired? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. He's on the highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. Oh, my God. And then she asks a stupid but not stupid question of why was he fired? Well, literally, he just said it, but okay. So then he goes on to say he used his magic to choose a mate for himself. And, of course, we all know angels aren't supposed to just make people like you. But it wasn't even that. It's more so who he picked for the mate. His mother, they did not like her and they saw her as an abomination. The demon? We know that she's a succubus. She does not know that yet. She finds out in a very interesting way in a little bit. Not much for it. Well, we'll see. But he stops the question there. And she's like, Oh, thank you for telling me that. You know, it couldn't have been easy. He goes, don't fucking do that. And she's like, excuse me? And he's like, don't thank me. And he's just not having a great time. So he decides, you know, he's going to mix the drinks together. And this idiot is mixing drinks with a mirrored bar. He was doing it on purpose. I know, but I'm just saying. I wouldn't say idiot. Well, not an idiot, but still an idiot. So he's mixing the drinks at this <laughs> mirrored bar and she can see that he takes two little bottles out of his pocket and then she just says like he moved so fast that if I had blinked I would have missed it and he's dumping stuff into their drinks one is a black vial and one is a white vial she's trying to keep herself emotionless as if she didn't see this just happen and all she can think of is that the black and the white vials aren't the regular love potions that they usually sell. Those are purple and pink bottles. And the pink ones are for intended mates. But she's seen these bottles before and they were in the classified files for Cupid's Arrow. And these are the love potions specifically for the humans. Love potion number nine. And she's just like, oh, fuck balls. She had wanted to stop this and it backfired on her because now she's going to be the guinea pig. But she looked up and he looked her straight in the eye and there's tears coming out of her face still because she's crying. She just knows he knows that she's the mole and he just goes drink it and she looks at it and she's got a lot of emotions going like you know what 
I'm just going to drink this anyways. Why? Because she's been in love with him for the last three years. She doesn't care if this Cupid's arrow thingy worked or not because it didn't really matter. He already owned her because, you know, whatever. So Callum just goes, did you not think that I was going to find out eventually? And she's obviously terrified because, you know, she's a mole. She's just being sketchy in the background there. But she's like terrified and he's so thrilled about this. Like he loves the fear. I don't know what it is about people and their fear, but man, they really love it when people are afraid. And he just wants to see her shake and then really wants to make her scream. And he just goes, you're going to regret what you've done. I'm going to put you in a cage. And she's like, excuse me, what? He is going to make her wish that she never betrayed him. She's like, I never meant to hurt you, but your company's evil. And he's like, I am my company and I am Cupid Inc. And she goes, you're not your father. You still have good in you. He loves the fact that his name is on her lips. And it turns him on and he feels like he's literally about to shift. And if he gets more worked up, yeah, he's gonna. And he's like, you know what? There was good in me, but you set that free today, just like my father's birds. He's like, I thought we had a connection. She goes, but we do. And he's like, you fucking manipulated me. And he's like, well, if we did, you wouldn't have joined the xenophobes. And she goes, I didn't join them. I just told them about the project. Bitch, that's joining them for the record. I just showed them the project and I didn't like that you were keeping humans like lab rats, like it's sick. And she's like, but I don't care that you're an angel. And like, I don't know. She doesn't care. She thinks he's hot. She's trying to say I'm not part of the xenophobes, even though literally you gave information. Come on. Like, Bitch. I mean, in her defense, she didn't realize, I don't think, what the group completely was. No, but maybe she should have done research. Actual. A basic Google search probably could have solved this. But she also knows that he's a... Who hot. knows how much propaganda, though, with them is available okay. versus... Maybe like, ask your boss. I don't know. Who she thinks is evil. Listen, she doesn't think he's evil. Well, okay. She thinks the company is evil. She thinks he's I still am go- my company. Well, he just recently said that. And she goes, but you're I- not, though. Then she just goes, I know you're a hybrid. You know what that gave me? I know what you are. So you- your skin sparkles. It gave me Twilight. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you kept <laughs> let me keep going. She's just like, I'm not lying. Like, I like the idea of seeing exactly who you are, bitch. No, you don't. Actually, no, she does. That's a lie. He decides to shift right in front of her and does. And he just rips all his clothes off. Not in a phone booth. No, it's not Superman. And he just goes, you accept me, then kiss me. And she just is like staring at him. And she wasn't afraid. She was like awestruck by this man. Petrified. She was not petrified. At first she was afraid she was petrified. Yeah. Kept thinking oh, I should never live without you by my side. But then you had four wings, two on each side, covered in snow white feathers and red beady eyes. Hell yeah. I literally just read the description. <laughs> and it drilled right through me. And it drilled right through me. <laughs> but she's not scared. She's so awed by him. And then like he has horns and she's like, oh my God, he had fucking horns. Like she's getting horny for the horns she is all about this and they're black and thick and she's like oh i can wrap my fingers around them she is like you know having a time he's like still angry and he's talking to her she's so awestruck she has no fucking clue what he's saying and she goes i'm sorry what literally her exact sentence and he just like yanks her into the next room and guess what then the fucking um, maintenance vampire dude for the night shift is there and he just goes the chains have been installed sir and she looks and it's a giant fucking cage and there's a huge chain inside the cage that is secured around one of the bars and on the other end of the bar is a metal collar he literally did mean he's going to keep her in a fucking cage and he just guides her to this cage and she's like 
no struggles. She's just like, you know what? It's fine. We're just gonna, we're just gonna walk. She's like, I always thought he had just a masochistic streak anyways. So the cage didn't really bother me as much as Callum probably hoped it would. But curiosity has been my guiding light now, which is such a weird sentence. The cage doesn't bother me anymore. I saw you holding that shit in. That's so funny. And in the end, it didn't even matter. (laughs) It really doesn't. But all she can think about, too, is like how big Callum is and like how great it would be to get pushed up against the bars and take whatever Callum was hiding in his slacks. And I'm like, bitch, you're in a giant cage. Bitch likes it. She does, but like, bitch, you're in a cage. <laughs> and he's just talking. Don't he goes, shame, Crystal. <laughs> Listen. She wants to be in a cage. Let her be in a cage. Okay. All right. <laughs> the bitch who wants to be as free as a bird doesn't want to be put. It's fine. She didn't want the human testing, but now she is the human test. Free, free falling. Oh, my God. Anyways. He just says, like, the potion's going to take effect in a few minutes and all of this will be more pleasant. Let's not understand that, like, all of this already fucking pleasant in her head. She is down. And she's like, how can I calm down? You put a collar on me. And he's like, think of it as an early Valentine's Day gift. It's a pretty necklace for my pretty traitor. And she's like, but what are you going to do to me? And he goes, I'm going to make you mine. No shit, bitch. Of course he's going to make you yours. And you know what? She wants it. I, you know... I think she's the one bringing him into this trap. He is not the one trapping her. She is she's a little mastermind here. She was a mole. She's a mastermind. Insert Taylor Swift mastermind. It was all by design. And now you're mine. Because I'm a mastermind. <laughs> I love the no. dance moves too. You guys don't get to see my cool dance moves. Be thankful. Right. She will if she ever shares videos. Share them all the time, Biatch. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on the Instagram. Oh, and, uh, Shimming. Rate us on whatever you're listening to. That'd be great. Thanks. Okay, bye. Don't, no, bye, because we're not done. We're but not thanks. done. <laughs> thanks. Giving bye. So, thanks. Give us, yeah, give us all your stars or give us whatever all stars the, you want. Give us all the stars. We want all the stars. Please. We'll ask Bailey I want nicely. it all. And I'll stop singing. No, no she won't. Right. So... All she can think about is that there's no bed in this cage. And she goes, where am I supposed to sleep? That's the first thing you think of, where I'm going to sleep. I would be thinking, where am I going to pee? I don't want to pee in a corner. But he does say, like, the chain is long enough that you can reach every single room in here. See, he was thinking of peeing. I mean, it's a very... He, he encompassed that. I I know, but I'm saying her first thought. But anyways, and she's just confused about the one bed thing. He goes, well, we're mates now, so, like, we're sleeping in the same bed. And at the same time that they're talking, he's like writing shit down, like in a notebook. And she's like, what are you writing? And he's like, your responses and your reactions, like, I will be studying you. For the- Duh, you're a lab rat, bitch. I know, right? Did you forget about this? Was, was the cage not a big indicator that you are a lab rat right now? <laughs> I thought that would be a, I don't know if like the, the potion slipping into the drinks was possibly the hint or maybe this giant cage and I don't know, the chain with the collar around your neck. I don't know. I don't. That's just me. Who knows? She could be stupid. But she is a mole. So maybe not. That's I don't know. But he's like, I am going to be looking for side effects for the next 24 hours. I will send your results to the lab. And the formula will be in its final phase before it goes into mass production. And his plan is to release it on Valentine's Day. And he goes, poetic, isn't it? And she goes, you can't be serious. And he goes, yeah, but that's where you're wrong. I am extremely deadly serious and she goes why so you're not a saint you like ripping hearts out of xenophobes and chaining your staff to the creepy cage you keep in your office but you're not evil first of all i think all of those things might make him a little bit evil (laughs) just saying and she's like but the love potions and cupid's arrow those were your father's idea why are you so obsessed and he goes it's all i have left which okay it's all you have left that kind of sucks he needs something to hold on to. You know, I need somewhere to begin. I really wanted to sing that song and I'm really holding myself back. <laughs> She's like, no, but you have me. And he's like, yeah, because I'm forcing you to be mine. She's like, you could have had me before. And he goes, yeah, I'm sure that's why you joined an anti-supernatural hate group. And she goes, I don't hate supernatural. So I've, you know, 
I've worked for you for three years. I only started leaking info to them like six months ago when I found out about Cupid's Arrow. First of all, you stupid bitch. And he's like, you didn't bat an eye at supernatural testing. And she goes, I did, actually. I originally got a job here because I wanted to find a way to stop what was going on. Maybe not completely, but in a small part. But then I met you and I, and he's like, you what? I changed my mind. She fell in love with him. So that's what actually happened. She fell in love with the demon. She's like, and then you took over for your father and you were still pushing out product, but, you know, abandoned all the unethical methods of testing. But then when I found out about Cupid's Arrow, I was fucking pissed. So I attended a couple of rallies. Bitch, that means you joined them. You do not go to rallies if you are not joining them. Come on, lady. She's like, but I don't think you halted testing on it because of bad publicity. I think you did it because you actually care about humans. And he's like, what makes you think I care about humans? And she goes, because I'm human and you don't want to hurt me. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) okay. And he goes, you cured me of that kindness. Now I don't care if I break you. And she just goes, then do your study trials on me. Do whatever the hell you want. I already got the two things that I wanted. And he goes, and what is that? And she goes, the first is that Cupid's arrow isn't going to market. You won't let it. You'll do the right thing in the end. And he goes, yeah. And what's the other thing? And she goes, you. He's just like, so like the formula's working, but like not how I thought it was working. I mean, he kind of knows that she wants him. And he goes, do you really want me? And she's like, yeah. He goes, get on your knees and take me out. And so you can see what you're about to get fucked with. And then he just smells her more because now she is way more turned on. And she takes his dick out. And she has seen his dick before, but not in a shifted form. In shifted form, it's very different. In case you're curious... That's what happens. He just goes, relax. It doesn't bite. I bet it probably would. And she just goes, your mom was a demon. She was a, he's like succubus. Demon. Wrong book. He goes succubus. So yeah, I am a dark angel, which is just an angel hybrid, but I'm the only known half angel, half sex demon, at least that I know of. She is very thrilled with what his dick looks like. And... He was not ready for that, but there's like bumps and ridges and it's big, but he thinks that she wouldn't think it was so great without the actual potion in her body and that she wouldn't really be drooling. First of all, you don't know this bitch because absolutely she would. And he just goes, they're not going to hurt you. They'll just provide sensation. And she's like, you don't have to worry about me being scared. You think I would be so terrified by your true form, but I'm not. His dick is like leaking stuff and he just goes, catch it. And I'm like, okay. And without any hesitation, she catch the falling cum and put it in your pocket, lick it all up and <laughs> I'm done. And he just says, that's a good girl. This book only makes me think of The Princess Diaries because stupid Cupid, stop thinking on me. That movie would have been very different. Also, yes, but. Both those songs are in that movie. So that is where my brain connects. This is not the Princess Diaries, guys. My brain is a dangerous place. I know. We hear it all the time. Welcome to the jungle. It's all fun and games. We got every song you want. And some you really don't. He just says he wants to see how her lips look wrapped around his monster cock. And she is all too happy to oblige. I mean, it's a little bit too big for her mouth. And he just tells her to relax. And so he fucks her face. And then as he comes, he just says, open your mouth. And it goes all over her tongue, her cheeks, her nose, and in her hair. And he just tells her to swallow. And I'm like, that's a lot of cum. And I don't want that in my hair. I'm not big on the the cum in the hair thing. It's not going to come out. It doesn't come out. We've had this conversation before. (laughs) I know, but I'm still going to put it out there. Not in my hair. Not in my eyes either. I'll stop with that. I don't want to go blind. And she is super into it. She has heard that, you know, I'm not calling it what she calls it, but sex demon cum has an Aphrodite. I'm not. I hate that word. It's so gross. Go ahead. 
If you want to say it, go ahead. I'm not saying it. I don't want, I'm not saying it. So she has heard that the sex demon come has an aphrodisiac. Fine. I'll say it for Ariel. Cause she's going to be a bitch about it. Sex demon spunk. Gross. <laughs> Coming from the lady who can't even talk about most of the sex scenes that we have in these books and just says, yeah. And they had a fun time. And then that's but it. They did have a fun time. I'm sure they did. <clears throat> so she's heard that it's had an aphrodisiac effect, but she's always wanted Callum anyway. So it doesn't really fucking matter. And then she just like looks at it and she's just like, it just seems familiar for this dick. And she goes, I want to feel it inside me. Fuck me. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. And I mean, he probably thinks it's the potion doing this, but like, bitch, she wants this shit. And so he tells her to get up. And so she does. She listens for the most part. And he just like strips her. And then he just goes, hold on a second. Wait here. I'll be right back. I got to go get something. And then he comes back with a giant like trunk of toys. It is vibrators, dildos, Kegel eggs. They're all alien, like tentacle toys, minotaur, all the fun stuff. And he just tells her to spread her legs. And she's like, but why can't you fuck me with your dick? And he's like, I will tear you open if I do that. Like for a man who like wants to like kind of punish her, he's just like, I need to warm you up first before I take you. So whatever. And I, it's caring and it's great, but it's a little against the character of what he was planning on doing. So there's that. Yeah, I was sitting here ready for him to just... Like fuck her with no abandon? Tear her the fuck open. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So and he goes, I can't have you breaking on me before I've had my fill. And he's like, but first I want you to touch yourself like you did earlier today when you thought I wasn't looking. Guess what? He's got cameras and he definitely saw her fucking herself. So there's that. And... She's like, but how often have you watched me work? And he goes, every day. But I've never gotten a show like that before. Well, no shit, because she's not fucking masturbating at work. She shouldn't have even done it, whatever. So she starts kind of like just touching herself. And she's having a great time. And she's just getting overwhelmed. And as she's doing things, he like puts a little vibrator on her on the low setting. But, it, you know, that's a lot. And then he pushes the vibrator inside of her and then just fucks her until she comes. And then he brings out the largest toy in the selection. Oh my God. Guess what it is, guys? It's an incubus cock. Guess what? It was modeled after his own dick because this company also does sex toys. Guess what? What's the only toy she's ever bought for herself? That one. And she just goes, Callum, I have this one. I bought it. She's just like, Cupid. She's just like, this is fate. And he goes, there is literally no such thing as fate. <laughs> and she just goes, turns out you never had to worry about breaking me with your true form. All this time, I've been training myself for you without even knowing it. And he goes, it's not even just my cock. I didn't think you'd want me with my wings and the eyes and the horns. Plus, my dick has a feature this toy doesn't. And she's curious about what this is. But there was also like another question she was thinking of. And she goes... I know you don't think about like fate, but the potion's not really working on me. But what? Because maybe you're wrong. But like, why else would I have been drawn to buy that toy when I've never bought another sex toy in my entire life? It's probably because you wanted a giant dick in you. That's not fate. He calls me. He's like, that's not enough evidence. And she goes, oh, yeah. How about this? If I were any other human, you wouldn't have cared at all that I betrayed you. Like... This is next level crazy. Nothing phases you. You lost it when you found out I betrayed Cupid Inc. Like, and he just goes, oh, sweet little bird. Make no fucking mistake. I am this company. I am Cupid. And I will make you bleed for what you've done. He's not lying. Because then what happens? Then he fucks her. He just slams right into her. And she's just like shocked. Because, duh, you have a giant incubus cock going into your body. But she's into it because it's bumpy and ridgy and veiny and fun. And he makes her watch them fuck. And he just says, you're going to watch me fucking ruin you. And he is just like fucking going at it hard. And he goes, remember how I said I was going to make you bleed? 
And she, she's like, yeah. And he goes, cool. I'm going to do something to you deplorable. And she's like, oh, fuck. What does that mean? What's going to happen? And then he kind of just like stops moving. And she's like, are you giving me out? Because like, really giving me a choice earlier. And he goes, no. Like, you saw me spiking that drink. Like, don't pretend that I forced you to do this. And he literally starts carving with his little talons words into her chest. And she couldn't see it. But as they're fucking like, she's like bleeding everywhere. Has like, there's a lot of blood. So then after, you know, he's just like, wipe it. And so she does. And he wrote, be mine on her chest. What's a more Valentine's Day-y thing to carve into a woman's chest than be mine? And she thinks it's fucked up, but she loves it at the same time. It's like he was half angel, half demon, heaven and hell, pleasure and pain, salvation and suffering. And he goes, will you be mine, sweet little bird? And she's like, yes, I will. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) what's going on? And then he pulls out of her. And she goes, oh, my God, aren't you going to finish? She goes, oh, (laughs) I am only getting started, which is true. He cleans her up in the shower. He comes back down to not being demony. And she's just like, you know, you're more vicious in your other form. And, you know, he's kind of like freaking, well, not really freaking out, but like feels a little bad kind of about the bee mine. I think it's just because it's on her tits and he really likes her tits. Yeah. It wasn't super deep and he would have never forgiven himself. It was like a super, super deep one. But he's like, I don't think I would have done this to you if I wasn't shifted, like blah, blah, blah. And she is like, I really do mean it. Like, I don't hate supernaturals. How could I? I've been in love with one for three years. And he's just like, time stops. There's a song with time stops and I just can't think of it, but that's okay. There are a lot. I know. It just, my brain's gone. And... She's like, I can prove it to you. And she goes, take my collar off. And he does. He takes it off of her. And I mean, she's likes the shit that he carved into her. I know. Do not carve things into my chest, please. Thank you. I like my chest uncarved. No, thank you. No, thank you. And he's just like, you're strange and maybe you really are fated to be mine. What a really sad and twisted fate for you. And she goes, twisted, yeah, but sad, nah. Like, I want you to take me in front of this window so that everybody, all the xenophobes who are currently protesting down in front of this building can see him fuck her. Does that make sense to anybody else? No. Doesn't make sense to me. I literally actually thought she was going to ask. She wants to prove her loyalties to him. I get it. But at the same time. So he's just like, okay. So he does. He literally fucks her against this window. And she just goes, Callum, they've noticed us. Like, she's happy that they're, like, staring at her as they're fucking. Okay, cool. So they do. And then he goes, do you feel that? This is what you do to me. And he nods her. And she goes, it feels good. Like like a little trapped bird. I can't move in a great way, in like the best way. And they laid like that for a while. After they, you know, fucked in front of the window. All of the people down there were like, oh my God. I don't think it's going to change their mind. I feel like that they would think this was even worse. And like, it was so hot. And he, then he moved her to the table. And yeah. It just, yeah, that's great. Not really. It's just, it's so. Now they're on the desk and they lay there all night. Yeah. So they lay there and he just goes, doesn't bother you that I'm a sadist. I'm like, oh, you think that's going to bother her? Really? And he just goes, chains and blood play may seem maybe a semi-frequent occurrence. They weren't just because I was mad at you. I actually do enjoy them. And she goes, there's nothing that you can do that bothers me. And I'm like, "Mm, that would bother me though. (laughs) But again. I am not her. These are her things. And this is her story. And these are the days of our lives. It's almost over, folks. Just so you know, this is a very short book. And she's just like, you have me, you know, like, I feel like we're fated and pulled to one another. And he's like, I don't like calling it fate. And she goes, why? 
He goes, people say it's the work of the gods. And if they are gods, why did they forsake me and have my mother abandon me at a young age? Why did they give me an abusive father who solely loved his work just for him to die and leave his only son and his precious corporation behind? First of all, we learned earlier that his father killed his mother. So I don't know why he says abandoned him, but okay, sure. And she goes, oh no, why did your mother leave? And he goes, my mother may have been a demon, but she was kind hearted like you. She hated this company. So one day she forced my father to choose her or being Cupid. He chose Cupid. She tried to take me away with her, but he wouldn't let her. They fought and fought. Then it turned physically violent. He killed her. I don't think he meant to. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he goes, it was a long time ago. My father carried the guilt and shame. Eventually, I think that's what killed him. She's like, oh, that's awful. He goes, I'm not going to be like him, Robin. I'm not going to choose my company over the people I love. And she goes, okay, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to burn it down in my brain. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, he's serious. He literally is going to burn it down, pin it on the xenophobes. So he literally takes a Zippo lighter and lights the fucking building on fire and burns it down. Bye-bye, building. Bye-bye, building. extra quickly. Bye-bye, bye-bye, building. Yeah, so he burns it down, and she's like, are you even sad that, like, your home's gone? And he's like, I have a new home, and she's right here in front of me. Blah. And then she goes, happy Valentine's Day, Callum. And he goes, happy Valentine's Day, little bird. The end. And then there's a picture at the end. Yeah, I thought it was nice that we had a graphic. I wish his face was drawn better. But that was bleed for Cupid. Yeah. It was our first Valentine's Day special. Mm -hmm. And it was a novella. We didn't have very many characters, so it might be hard to choose. But who was your favorite? I'm going to have to give it up to Robin. Even though I like picked on her a lot throughout the book. Really she knew did. what she wanted. She kind of went for it. No matter how stupid the consequences. Reckless, but she did it. I'm going to say Callum's mother. She's dead. <laughs> Solid. Because it's the only mom who's not been shitty. Who's your least favorite? The dad. Fuck that guy. Or Riggs. Riggs at the beginning. I fucking hated that dude. Like, Jesus Christ. How about yours? The guy who was already going to die for his crimes. And he thought he would just take another person down with him. I should have just said all of the xenophobes because that's like the obvious answer. All right, so Amazon gives us a 4.2 and Goodreads gives us a 3.9. What did you give it? I rated this 3.5 stars. Same Z's. I also gave it a 3.5. Yeah, I mean, it was what it was. Yeah. It yeah, was it was fine. Like, I, like, okay, I wish it was an actual, like, full book and then there were just more. Like, I want more backstory. I don't. No. Okay. I'm okay with it being in a novella. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted a little bit more things. How about your That's cucumber okay. rating? Well, I probably should give it a five, but I'm going to give it a four because he didn't make do on his promises and he didn't just like rip her the fuck oh, open. Yeah. Okay. I also gave it a four. Not for that reason. <laughs> that was not a great reason, but I don't know. I, I mean, it was fine. I think that's just our feelings is it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Is this what I want to read as a Valentine's Day gift to myself? No, not I'm really. I'm okay with it, I guess, because I don't really, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the toy box was cool. There's a lot of cool oh, gifties in there. I want to know more about the toy box, maybe. So don't I. should have been a toy company, not a love potion company. So I think that's the thing is like, they played it up that it was this huge, like, love potion company. It's going to be a company. toy company now. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like. It was built up and only focused on this love potion thing. And then she's like, oh, I bought all your toys. Bitch, what toys? Because they said that they had the toys as like a side line. Well, maybe they should make those the main line all the time. They are now. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, they should have previously. I got you. It just, it wasn't, I don't know. I felt a little disconnected with that when, I don't know. So that was our book, and that was yes. the first of two specials this month. Mm -hmm. So join Yay. us for that, and make sure that you check out our 
new wheel we got going on, all kinds of new books in store. Make sure that you are checking those out and reading along or just reading whatever you want. Make sure you're reading in general. And make sure you follow up with us on social media because I know that if we have new stuff coming or for doing random things, we'll post all the time on there. But we post fun things all the time on social media. So go there. Have fun. Enjoy. We don't bite hard. Unless asked. We are big on consent. Make sure to keep reading. And keep it smutty. What's in that time? Lies.